The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is Jakey Running. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John, Frack. Like, how did you... <laughs> I think... <laughs> I'm just marveling. Just <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just marveling at it right now because uh, it's, it's amazing at this point. I think. Yeah, it's the is. only answer. He's to just that. a legilimens. Yeah, uh, that'd be okay. fun to talk about if we were in the wizarding world. Which form of rare wizard would we be? <gasps> which form of what wizard? Rare wizard. Rare wizards, like oh, rare. rare. I thought you said rare wizard. I thought it was like <laughs> like you get bit by a wizard <laughs> and every month you turn into a wizard. I look forward to the full moon every month. <laughs> Me too. Okay, also, what wizard Pottercast. bites humans? That's a good question. That's a yeah, very good you know, question. A werewolf would suck. A werewizard, not Are a we werewolf. About being a vampire would suck, John. Being a werewolf would bite. There's wolfsbane <laughs> too. <laughs> you just trans transform into a wizard at the Frankie's laughing at my joke. I loved it because it was a oh, pun. I missed it. It was a pun. He's like, she, he was like, you said being a werewolf would suck. And Melissa was like, no, being a vampire would suck. Being a werewolf ha, would... Ha, ha. I, I didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I missed that. Look at that. Bum, bum. We'll save that joke for the patrons. And that's not patronizing at all. Okay, welcome to Pottercast. Welcome to Pottercast. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Melissa. I'm John. And John is in your somewhere. without the John knowing. And then I'm Frankie or Frack. I'm Zach. Hey, everyone. Zach and Frack. Zach and Frack. And we're here. It's another podcast where we do a podcast about the Harry Potter stuff. We do do a podcast about the Harry Potter stuff. We've been doing it for 10 years. 10 years. A decade. That's insane. 13, actually, guys. Almost. A oh, my God. 13 years. No. No. Tw- 2004, right? 2005? No. 2005, 12 years, almost 12 years. I can't even believe I can't that do podcasts math. have been I can't around do math. We're English majors. I thought it was 2006 when podcasts came out. Nope, 2005. Definitely yeah. the year of um, Goblet of Fire, because that's when we had our live podcast. That's true. Yeah, because I registered for my Twitter in 2007, and I feel so much cooler yeah, yeah. when I look at people's been on Twitter date, and I'm like, I've been there for so long. I'm sad that you didn't get just the frack handle. Yeah. Speaking of Twitter, the topic... That we're going to get into in a minute here on this week's podcast is going to come from a question that we got about J.K. Rowling and Twitter and politics. She's been kind of all over the news lately, as she does. Uh, you know, Joe has a very, uh, I don't want to give him too much credit, but there are some people that can tweet and just make all of the news headlines change their way. And uh, Joe used to be probably one of the biggest people, mm-hmm. but she still is. She could she could still turn some headlines with a tweet. Yeah, I'm so tired of logging into Twitter and seeing J.K. Rowling shuts down her Twitter, her shuts down her critics on Twitter, and you yes. won't believe how. And then I click, and it's like she was like, "That was kind of slithering of you," <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Like, I just want to tell. I know it's clickbait. I know they know. I know, but it's like, guys, no yeah. one, no one is shocked that J.K. Rowling shut shut down her critics on Twitter anymore. I mean, there is a fun little. I wouldn't say novelty, but uh, a lot of people will just ignore the trolls. And Joe's just decided to engage them every once in a while. And I think just that part of it's shocking because it's like, 
like wow she's spending even just a second of her life entertaining some little cartoon frog twitter account uh, <laughs> well let's get into it like, fully wow. in a minute once we open up the the mailbag yield mailbag yield mailbag yield mailbag and uh first let's talk a little bit about how about what's been happening in the news of harry potter and all of that fandom stuff The Beauty and the Beast came out. Have anybody seen it? Not yet. I'm going this weekend. Where? I haven't seen it yet. I've not seen yeah. the original one either, but this, so I'm going to well, see on. the live action Hold one on. first. What's the matter Sorry, with you? Sorry, it's going to be really loud. You guys Wait a second. The mic. Zach, Wait a second. Never seen few... Beauty and the Beast? It's like telling people you haven't watched The Wire. How is that possible? How it is like you? telling people you've never watched The Wire. I have I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I want to see it. So I'm going to see Belle. Emma Watson. You should try to watch the original. Well, I guess you're you're probably one of the no, rare he, examples yeah. that can watch the 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 live action first and then watch the animation and see how that yeah. affects you. That's got to be yeah, incredibly it might be common. It. Yeah, it might yeah. be worth you doing that. That'd be Definitely. that'd be used for a very rare and powerful spell. Don't spoil yourself now. Maybe it'll be my Patronus moment when I see it finally, and it's amazing. Oh. No, it won't be that powerful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I could do it because I'd already done it. <laughs> well, good for Emma Watson and for her new movie. Yeah, I mean, it's getting good reviews. Um, it looks lovely. It looks, you know, she's born to be a Disney princess. Really was. She was offered the role of Cinderella and turned it down because she wanted to be Belle. Really? Is that true? Or are you making that up? That's a that's a fact. Not even a John fact. That's a real fact. That's, that's a, a rock fact. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I can see that. It makes sense. I'm super, like Beauty and the, it was Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. Those were like my staples growing up because they all came out when I was in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. And so, like, I've watched those movies so many times. I'm so excited to go watch this movie and be able to sing along quietly to not as to disturb the magic of other people. But Mm -hmm. I will definitely be singing along because I know all the words. I'm super pumped. What about The Lion King? They're doing a live action one of that one, too. I mean, that came out right after. Right after uh, Aladdin, I think. Oh, did I? Yeah, I watched. I mean, that Lion King was different for me because there wasn't a lot of magic in it. And so it was kind of like, it's cool. There are a bunch of giant cats. I like mm-hmm. that. But there wasn't like, and then Rafiki did his cool, like a Saspasana, Squash Banana magic nonsense. But like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, <laughs> and The Little Mermaid had like, a, like, it had like hardcore magic in it. And so I was just like, and oh, castle. Yeah. One had like a witch, the other one had a castle with that one turning magic, and then there was a genie who mm. just couldn't stop throwing magic out. Yeah. Can we talk about what kind of evil witch turns that, you know, grumpy young priest into a big furry animal just because of one interaction Wait, is that a at his own doorstep? He wasn't a priest, he was a prince. I didn't call him a priest. I call him a prince. You Did said I say priest? priest? Well, we'll check the record, Zach. Now I'm really confused. Well, it's the first 30 seconds of the movie, Zach, so we might have spoiled you slightly, but there is a beast <laughs> in this movie. Got it. And, and there at is one a point, beauty. he was not a beast. And, Got it. In uh, the, in the, I haven't seen the live action. I've avoided all the trailers for live action, so no spoilers, what? please. Really? If you know. Yes, I'm going to go in clean. And so, but in the animated version, there's a preamble that talks about it. But why don't we're discussing this? Sorry. Yes. Well, there are. Well, it witches is a little and weird that they didn't Potter. give the beast any clothes for this movie. 
Like that's a little awkward. I've not you'll seen see it. it I'm excited. I'm excited to see. It. I'm excited to see Emma Watson as Belle. Um, we also in the news got the title of the fourth Cormoran Strike novel today. Speaking Ooh, of JK Rowling on oh, Twitter, right. wait, you yes. don't, Frank, you well, don't know. Frank, both you don't words know. have an H in it. Frank, you don't know. Not yet. No, I didn't. Let's know. see if today. he can guess the puzzle. She made a puzzle. Let's play a game with Frankie. Give him three fake ones and one real one, and see if he can pick it. Oh, okay. Because this people game. were trying to guess today yeah. because she released like a little fill in the blank. Oh, it was a puzzle? She gave two words and they both had the letter H in it and people got to the answer. <laughs> what two, <laughs> what what two even, words did she give? Well, the two words that were the title. She just put blank, 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 H, blank, blank, you know, H. So oh. some of her favorite are were um, Woohoo Chips, <laughs> which is pretty great. Yep. Um, washed rhino, mighty shoes, mighty thumb, mashed chips, 80 shoes. Okay, I'm gonna give you two real ones. Okay, two real ones. No, give me two fake I mean, ones one, and a real one. One real give one, two real ones, two fake ones. Find the real one, uh, and two and two fake ones. Okay, um, <laughs> rasher thief. Ooh. Lethal White mm. Ooh. and Gothic Chain. Ooh. It's Lethal White. It is Lethal yes. White. I mean, God, oh, how did you know? Because it's JK Rowling. We know her stuff now. It's Yeah. And I knew, the, I, knew the, I knew the first one wasn't real because of because John went ooh, <laughs> and I was a real ooh. And also, so like Rasher. Some, oh, get out of like here. British bacon. Seriously. There was peak in there, and then your second ooh, it was so calm. It was like uh, it was it quit, was rehearsed. Quit knowing my ooze, Frankie. Hey, it's your tone. <laughs> Get off my tone. Ooh, I'm so, when does it come out? Uh, it comes out. Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody uh, I'm so knows. excited. I love those novels. Yeah, well, we are going to be reviving Strike Files, our well-begotten podcast that, hey. Jack, that hey, Jack and I, I started. I want to be a guest on it. All right. Know okay. One time. Absolutely. Doodles, do you even read those books? Yes, I, I haven't read the books. Oh, yes. Oh, I have. Melissa and I haven't made an episode since December of 2015. Because we Oh, my gosh. Stink. You guys got to <laughs> work on fitting it in. Oh, Lame my God. Conventions and podcasts. <laughs> got to fit that in. I got it, John. I got it the first time. <laughs> I just liked that Frankie kept laughing, so I had to rev it a yeah. little more. All hey, right. Why don't, we get, why don't we get to what we're really here to talk about today? <laughs> yes. Lethal White. Oh, boy. Yes. We're talking about the Harry Potter stuffs in the form of J.K. Rowling and Twitter. We got a question from Tom in England. Why don't we just we play them the question? Hey guys, I'm Tom from London and I'm a longtime fan of the show. As someone who's interested in politics and loves Harry Potter, I've been really impressed with how vocal J.K. Rowling has been on the key issues of today whether that's voicing support for refugees or speaking out against Donald Trump and his horrendous policies. Here in the UK, she's been critical of the Conservative government's austerity programme, but also attacked the leader of the opposition for being weak, despite him leading the party that she's historically supported, which is the Labour Party. With people drawing parallels between today's global political climate and that preceding the Second World War, and as we head towards the wizarding equivalent of that in the Fantastic Beasts saga, what hints do you think we can glean from Joe's views on politics and her activism on Twitter? Oh, that's a good question. Yes. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Awesome question. How timely. Perfect. This is something that we have been uh, talking about a little bit amongst ourselves and been trying to figure out how to bring that conversation onto the show. 
certainly lots of people are able to read Joe's tweets all the time about uh, lots of Trump news and uh, previously with the whole Brexit campaign over there. You know, over it seems there. like everybody all of that campaign, over all there. that campaign, all that mess. You know, they they got their mess. We've got our mess. It's all the same mess. It is and, all the same uh, mess. You know, it really is. And uh, you know, France is in the middle of you know what will hopefully not be you know the third round of the mess. I feel like everyone's got an opinion on how J.K. Rowling should behave. There's a whole lot going on. I feel like everybody's more political now than they've been in a very long time, if if ever. Yeah, and, yeah it reaches, uh, I can say that for myself. It reaches yeah. beyond it reaches beyond fandom. So people get annoyed now, more annoyed than ever, that celebrities speak their minds about politics and it's mm-hmm. divisive and it's um difficult and it's I don't know, it's an interesting topic to me. So here, let me let me Sure. I'm sure we're all, I'm sure we all feel this way, so I won't I won't make it an argument. Obviously we love that Joe that Joe speaks her mind. I mean, does anybody who in this call would like her to say less things. Um, not me. Fewer things. Definitely not me. I remember when the shroud of mystery kind of started falling off of J.K. Rowling, and she felt more humanized, whether it was using social media or the kinds of updates on her websites becoming more personal and not just being puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I think that it all kind mm-hmm. of happened officially after maybe Deathly Hallows Part 1 or Part 2 came out, definitely after the last book was published. And I remember feeling... Like some of the polish, some of the kind of untouchable, unreachable billionaire author that changed a generation might be falling off. And I got a little scared of it because I knew that she would be making books and stories in the future. And I wanted people to kind of treat it with the almost hush respect that she got while the books were still getting published. Mm-hmm. But uh, now it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I absolutely don't feel that way. And I'm really glad that she's consistently a part of the conversation and actively doing what she's doing and just trying to kick ass as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, I definitely prefer this vocal Joe and I, you know, I think it made sense for her to be a little more, uh, you know, kept to herself while she was still writing these books. I mean, she was under a hell of a lot of pressure and, uh, you know, all the big expectations for coming out with, uh, you know, Deathly Hollows and everything. So I'm sure there was a big element of relief to that. But, uh, you know, 2007 was also right before the big uh, election of President Obama. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, there was, uh, you know, that was the year that she really started to become more political as well. I think that year, 2008, she donated a good one million pounds to the Labor Party. That was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, well, well reported then as well. And, uh, you know, she had a lot to say about Hillary and Obama when they were running. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, everybody now with uh, the Trump election is paying a lot more um well i think social media too but everybody is paying more attention to uh to what's going on and i think it's great yeah. that these people have opinions and they're really vocal about them and uh you know pe- people should i think it helps put <laughs> these big issues into a better fo- uh, focus and context when you hear about them from people who are really good at communicating about uh, 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 um, you know, more things that uh, you're already interested in. I think people need to stop complaining about celebrities talking about stuff in general. I get it back in like the 90s when there was a frustration where 
people when when someone said something you didn't like and you couldn't say it back with social media now like everyone has a platform to talk from and so i think people have no room to complain about that anymore because it's not like it's just their twitter like you follow your friends you follow your mom you follow your celebrities you enjoy like if they have an opinion everyone has an opinion everyone's entitled to their opinion if you really don't like it that much either don't follow them or like make solid arguments and like you know like there's a reason why you're getting upset like try to work towards understanding why it upsets you you know what i mean and you have a platform now like you might have as many followers but you can still your your voice is still going on the same website everyone else is you know what i mean what a strange phenomenon that people i don't know i guess suppose it's all right to insist that someone else that's also a person use a platform differently than they do yeah i mean that's just human nature though we want people to behave the way we want them to behave versus you know, it's just like, I want you to do what I want you to do. And that's it. It's been 20 years since the Harry Potter books came out. And Joe, there's an article that, that Frankie, that, ja- that John actually list- linked us to that really kind of sums up our thoughts on this is that Joe, you know, she got really famous. She got an audience. She was concerned with other things. She's always been an activist. She's always been outspoken on issues of tolerance if you read harry potter and you don't see how very on the side of tolerance and justice she is then i don't know what books you're reading this is what i'm gonna call past giving a shit joe and <laughs> she do, yeah. she's got she's more famous than she'll ever be in her life she doesn't need i mean well that that's a lie she'll get more famous every year but you know what i mean she's more famous than most people can ever dream of she'll get more famous every year she'll she doesn't owe anybody anything and she did kind of, um, I don't know if it was purposeful, but she was more modified in public for a long time. Yeah. And once she started getting into the the great conversation that social media can be, she became more and more vocal. And sometimes she will find somebody who's partic- being particularly hateful and or particularly ignorant and call them out on it. And there is what the debate seems to be where people get a little bit snotty about it is that that you know she should just shut up and it's mean and it's bullying and and I got I got I got no time for that. I got nothing because what remember last week when we had the whole little political conversation oh, and you unleashed the thing? Yeah. Well, that's literally what she's saying. She's saying, "No, I don't if you are going to stand up for people who endanger this world, hate Anybody who isn't, you know, a cis white hat man think think that rights should be reduced for all everybody who's not rich. Like, no, you. I don't have to be polite to you. Can I ask myself, is it considered bullying because she's proving them wrong so well and so absolutely? I cannot make the argument that when you get to a certain level of smart and awesome, you shouldn't speak up because it's bullying to be so smart and awesome. It would be bullying if she kept on it, kept on it targeted them kept going over and over some person in the middle of nowhere with two followers if she like kept responding to them kept pointing at them the next day said oh remember when i when i totally pwned that that's bullying it is not bullying to be so amazing in your response that you shut down an argument and anybody who says so is just trying to hide like the uh, some yeah. sort of insecurity yeah i mean i think i think where a lot of the criticism is coming from is just they get upset because it's aggressive in nature. Like the only one that Hang I on. had. No, Hang no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's bad that it's aggressive, I, but it's no, aggressive in nature. No, I'm stopping you right the F there. I'm saying 
There was one tweet that came off aggressive in nature, and I'll, maybe I'll say to me then, I'll, I'll contextualize it to me, when she like virgin shamed that guy. Like, just because the guy, like, she made him seem like, oh, he's a virgin, and like, that's a bad thing. That's she the doesn't... only thing, that's the okay. only time it upset me. Because I was like, that's, but at the same time, it's like, I get the tone of it. It's nothing that it's going to upset. First of all, learn to differentiate something that upsets you and something that is aggressive. You need, you need all of you, every man listening to this needs to delete the word aggressive when, when describing a woman, unless she has actually physically attacked you. It is not aggressive. All too often, all the time, assertive, strident, bold statements get called aggressive. I've had it. I can't even, I can't even tell you how many times it, it is a problem, even if it's just to you, Frankie, that you characterized it as aggressive. Aggressive. Well, means, I need you to define aggressive then. Well, let's look at the t- dictionary definition. Okay. Aggressive, ready or likely to attack or confront characterized or resulting from aggression. I don't characterize that as attack because you know why? She has no information about his sex life. It was a snarky comment. She's I not, know. she didn't like, she didn't like find out that he's a virgin and make fun of him for it. But do you know what she did do? She's demeaning. Like, I, all I'm saying is I'm trying to be like, I love JK Rowling and I get the context and the spirit of that tweet. All I'm saying is in the context of that tweet, she said that being a virgin was a bad thing. And that's the only thing I'm saying. It is absolutely not the only thing you're saying. And before we get to that part, I need to return to this aggressive thing. I don't think aggressive is bad, though. I don't use it as a negative adjective. It is a negative adjective. It is understood as a negative adjective. And even if you don't understand it to be a negative adjective, it doesn't excuse it from the connotations that exist in social and cultural norms that are negatively levied against women. Just because you don't think it's a bad adjective isn't doesn't excuse you from using it. It is a bad negative adjective that you will only hear discussed about a woman in her verbal statements. Unless you're talking about somebody attacking somebody, men don't get described this way. Tell me, find another another press whatever calling a tweet aggressive that's not written by a woman. And if it is written by a woman, really go look and see if it was like aggressive. The word aggressive is toxic to women, absolutely toxic as perpetuated by men. It needs to stop. I'm I'm your friends. People who are friends can do things that are that are not, you know, that they that it's not it's not a bad thing to you. That doesn't mean it's not a bad thing. And I'm telling you and you know now, please stop using that word. Should we read the tweet? Well, her tweet, the context of that tweet, and I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. So here's here's the crux of the argument. I don't know why you're setting it up so dramatically. It is snark. All right. She was being it's funny. Snark. It's snark. She's snarky. Just read the tweet, people. Saying. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah, mean to trigger anybody by using the word aggressive when I don't intend it to be negative. Of course you didn't, Frankie, because you're a good person. And I know you don't mean it, but that's when it's all the more important to call out. What I'm doing right now, that's assertive. That's standing up for myself, standing up for women. That's assertion. When a man does it, nobody blinks. I guarantee you there are men listening to this right now who think, my God, Melissa is so aggressive. I, I agree that there's you have no obligation to hear out somebody who is being you know, hateful and being ignorant purposefully to push whatever like awful counter agenda they want to do but i think where we lost a lot of people to these uh you know even in the uh, hillary trump campaign and and just the overall you know whenever people use like social justice warrior as a derogatory you know thing to be made fun of the thing that uh will 
you know, you're, you're never going to convince these cartoon frogs to support anything that you're talking about. And it really shouldn't be about that. It's about the people that are kind of in the middle, the people that are reachable, the people that can be educated, and the people that might say things that they ought not to out of either ignorance or just not being aware of the power of the language. But uh, the way to reach the way to reach them is to educate them. You're talking about two different things. You're talking about what are what is somebody supposed to do, and what is likely to convince people. And they're two different things. And what people well, are talking you, about with J.K. Rowling is what is she supposed like. to do? The point of this the point of this conversation is that people are trying to tell J.K. Rowling she shouldn't. And what we're saying is, and so we're not arguing what's more likely to convince people. What's more likely to convince people is irrelevant to this to the to, to the question. Oh, that I was think raised. it's very much the same thing. I think the people that want her not to talk, you know, there was like there are pl- plenty of things written about how a big part of why Hillary lost wasn't because there were more people wanting Trump, but her vote was basically, um, you know, what's the word? Uh, depressed you know they they made people less enthusiastic about her and um they my, my tie into this conversation on that point just eluded me do you mean by saying negative things instead of saying positive things all oh, right so like those people would say don't say anything because it's not your place to say anything you're you know in joe's case you're supposed to be a writer you're supposed to write right. children's books your place isn't politics or you know you're an actor or you're an athlete so who are you to have a, a protest during the national anthem and those people are assholes like anybody that tries to say you shouldn't have an opinion i mean that's that's crap that's total crap and it's total yeah. like um <laughs> Um, hypocrisy to suggest that you know you know people who are you know they're they're out of place to have these opinions but you know donald trump who was never a politician prior to this wasn't out of place in the slightest by getting into the election or or, you know throwing his name in uh, to run for president yeah the argument that she shouldn't get involved is complete complete bananas it's just bananas and only somebody who has a lot to lose by her opinion becoming more you know uh out there would be the ones telling her to be quiet and my my point about is like her way of going about doing it is is because i i you know am in the camp that i i would love her to be the most vocal she possibly could because i agree with pretty much everything that 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 she says and i think for the most part she does a good job and i think you know frankie's point about her throwing in the word virgin in there is you know one that i've heard repeated you know a lot in doing my research for this episode here is that you know people said that you know that word just pushed it you know kind of one step too far it's an ad hominem you know it's a assumption and it's a way to kind of lump in a group of people using language that shouldn't really be related to their their perspective and it and it can turn people off and the point is is if your if your objective is to try to convince more people to see the world the way that you see the world, and they're not currently there, then if part of your method is going to push them away to give them a kind of whoa kind of reaction, like you're not you're not doing your overall 
objective any favors. You almost had me until the turn people off part, because if I don't. All I was saying was like, despite the fact that that was something that I didn't, I thought wasn't, wasn't tasteful. All I was using that as to illustrate the point that even despite that, she still has really good points. And I got the spirit of what she was saying. And like she was put, she was, and that's all I was trying to say earlier. Absolutely. Before. And if that's what you had said, that would have been fine. Like, I didn't think that was tasteful. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Sentence. Like literally nothing. But if you step on a landmine, that's, that's a, that's a touch point for the way men treat women. I think I owe it to you as my friend to point it out. It doesn't have to be tasteful. The question is, does she have to be tasteful? Why is, why, why should she have to be tasteful is my question. Well, that's, that's really it, right? Because John's talking about the scenarios where if, if, the, yeah. if the goal here is, if the intention is to help enlighten people like she did her readers with, with messages of goodness, and she is, she is saying and supporting messages of goodness. And you guys know about the frog, right? You guys know what the frog is? Mm-mm, no. All I know is that the Iker, the avatar was a frog. No, okay. So that is a Pepe. Yeah. You have to listen. You must, 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 everyone listening to this, Google an episode of a podcast called Reply All about Pizzagate. Um, yes. Is it about <laughs> Pepe or is it yeah. about Pizzagate? There's a Pizzagate well, one and there's well, a Pepe I mean, one. Pepe different. was around prior I read to about Pizzagate. This. It was prior to Pizzagate. So that is a Pepe. It was an innocuous cartoon frog that for reasons that would take an hour to explain, got twisted <laughs> into an avatar for Nazism and then an avatar that a lot of Trump supporters were using to show their solidarity yeah. with Trump and specifically the more extreme parts of his platform, the ones that 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 normalize the the yeah anti-Semitism and racism and a lot of the stuff inherent in a lot of the core and so th- it wasn't just an innocuous cartoon frog. This guy and I'm sh- I'm fairly sure sh- J.K. Rowling probably looked at his Twitter profile and gathered the rest of it. He wasn't just using it because he likes this frog. So sure. what? No, she you know, knew exactly what she, saying- was, she was doing. It was a way to put down their whole mascot by by making fun of the fact that they rally behind this little cartoon frog. But it's not just the mascot. What that represent? What that that particular faction of icon of iconography within the Trump campaign represents is a yeah. particular type of toxic toxic masculinity to whom being a virgin would be a very big insult. She's not saying she thinks it's an insult. I guarantee you, J.K. Rowling does not think being a virgin is an insult. Right, but no. that particular person would find that a very exactly. difficult, you know. And so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it was tasteful. I'm not saying it's nice. But I'm also saying I don't think she owes it to anybody to be nice. And I think those who are saying, oh, she was mean, was like, well, welcome to the world. This is a guy, the person she was responding to thinks that white people are the best and, you know, um, America first and nobody else matters. And, you know, all those terrible things. My my thoughts on this was that, uh, you know, you're not going to cast the widest net by doing anything in your way that you're trying to get your point across that you're going to give anybody anything to pick out as something they could find offensive or distasteful but that that said i don't think you always have to cast the widest net i think sometimes it's more effective to be more surgical in your uh in in your approach and uh you know it's some like uh john stewart for example with with his show you know he used satire and, and humor to explain a lot of complicated political things and so why is to, that better is my question wildly, for you wildly popular but john I'm you keep arguing about, about what yeah I'm, 
So, but, but what I'm saying you, but what's is that argument? that's a particular way of doing something. And he even in the end decided it wasn't worth doing anymore because he figured, well, what the hell? Like, what is the point of Wait, this? Go like, back. He, he got <laughs> frustrated with it that that, uh, uh, you know, we just put all this energy into making fun of it. And I, I don't agree with that because I think that he was actually doing a hell of a lot of good by getting people that wouldn't otherwise watch the news or read the news to learn more about what was going on. But that's that's just one vehicle, one way of getting that word out there. This is respectability politics is what you're talking about. This is this is that people who are either in the minority or people who are advocating a certain position should act a certain way, have to act a certain way or they're doing something wrong or just or that casting the widest net and being the most palatable palatable to the most people is what you somehow should do just like if i interrupt somebody it's somehow aggressive sure and again i think the fact that trump won tells tells you all you you need to know about being respectable and how you talk about politics people loved the fact that he talked like a quote real person and that he wasn't a politician and he wasn't going to filter all of his language or whatever and you know what fine you know maybe that's just you know the society we have now where people need to be spoken to directly and uh you know joe is doing just fine you know she doesn't need our advice about how to get her uh, point across here do we think that people with the kind of platform she has owe it to people to speak up and speak up in a certain way i i understand that she could optimize her message but i think that the optimizing and the the spark the shred of dishonesty that starts with the beginning of plans that filter is a huge problem on both the good side and the bad side and i think that if she continues to be honest even if it shakes the cage sometimes it's it's better in the end I, I agree. And I think that a lot of why people start to not trust other people's opinions is if they suspect that it's being filtered. Exactly. Yeah. And if it's not genuine, you know, how they would actually talk. And Joe's hilarious and she's witty and she's going to be really quick and she probably doesn't spend a hell of a lot of time with these comebacks and she can still do good with it because you know she's just that's that uh hilarious and, what do you think Harry would have done if if hogwarts would have had twitter in year five <laughs> honestly ask yourself that oh my god yeah. if harry in year well, five had they did twitter. With quibbler right exactly part. he wasn't you know shielding his message and and trying to trying to connect the dots so the people who were lurking and just couldn't believe his story uh, would be attracted to it they just the real thing in a joke newspaper of all places well and the fact mm-hmm. that you know uh umbridge banned it which made everyone read it yeah but like, going back to what melissa said like i don't think anybody like i think like position private positions like she has doesn't owe anything because She's a citizen, you know, and so it gives her the freedom to do what she wants. Like like the whole, that's what I really hated about the whole, like, all lives matter, blue lives matter nonsense. It's not like, if you know what, like, if you don't want to be a cop anymore, if you don't like being blue, take off your stupid uniform and put the badge down. Like, no one's forcing you. You weren't born with that. This is something you're willingly taking up and they owe it to society because they took this job and that pledge. If they don't want it, put it down. You know what I mean? And so, like, I'd hate to put the same responsibilities on celebrities where they, they might feel obligated because of personal stories or like, and that's awesome. And that's powerful. Like stories 
matter. That's how people communicate and hear things. But like, especially that's one of my frustrations with Trump too. Like he's behaving in a way that he has a social obligation as a leader yeah, of this country. Completely agree. And he doesn't behave in a way that I think he should behave because See, there, of what yeah. he's, of what he chose to do and put on. Exactly. Like Frankie, you like totally hit it on the head. You have somebody who is, who is actually elected to be a kind of leader, social, moral, cultural, political, like every type of leader he has been. I mean, he's not like a spiritual leader. He's not elected for his morals. Nobody, no politician really is. But we do look to the president to set a course, to show, uh, to set common behavior. When you, when you ask people to vote for you to lead them, I think anyway, and maybe I'm wrong, I think that you are asking for, um, you are taking on responsibility for people emulating you and it's repulsive what what he's done with that somebody who writes and because has and becomes famous didn't ask for the fame the way a politician does the way frankly an actor well maybe not an actor not an actor but you know the way a, po- a politician is asking for people to literally put their confidence in him put their their vote behind him right and so if you're asking for that, I think you do have a different sort of obligation. And whereas J.K. Rowling is a writer who can say whatever the heck she wants and should say it in any manner she yep. wants to. And let me just say that in her Silent. books, the snark, the attitude, if you want to call it whatever, it's all there too. And it's even oh, sharper. And it's just like, it just makes sense. Yeah. yeah I don't understand why people are, are confused. And what amount of it do you guys think come from fervent jk rowling supporters that are listening and thinking along the lines of those scenarios that you painted john that see it and they they have this feeling of of uh it's just like almost a religion inside of them those first seven books and the years they lived through with the release and then beyond like what part of it is 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 there because they care so much they don't want it none of it something so important to them tainted at all by the taste in people's mouths that they get from J.K. Rowling if they, if she does something that they don't like. Like, if people are annoyed by the derogatory word social justice warriors, if they see her as one of those. Do you get, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I have a hard time trying to get in the head of somebody who grew up with Harry Potter, read all the books, understood the message of the books, um, wasn't bothered by, you know, the Harry Potter Alliance wasn't bothered by the idea that you could do something for the sake of social justice in Harry Potter's name and have it all line up, have have a whole series about fighting people who are fervent believers in the purity of your blood, making you above other people that, uh, you know, like it's it's i would love to have somebody here on the show with us who could articulate from the perspective of uh thinking that all of this is totally out of line and that uh they can be 100 percent on board with the message of the harry potter books and on board with trump at the exact same time well i mean not i don't feel this way but i can speak to in a certain degree coming into like the fandom as late as I did and coming into such like a potent part of it, doing the podcast with you guys. Um, it was jarring to me because like, I just like the books 
because they were a book about a castle and a little boy with magic. And I, I just loved it. It was a playground for me. I've said this in the past, like Harry Potter was a playground for me and I loved it. And I was surprised when I realized that this was a sanctuary for a lot of other people. And so like I, it was a slow learning curve for me at first. Cause I was just like, this is interesting. And like having to getting to do the podcast with everybody and traveling on tour, it made me realize really fast how precious this was to people. When for me, it was just a story. It was fiction at first. Cause I just, and like, I, I love the story. And so getting to know the people of the fandom it, through, because of the fandom was a huge like a huge benefit to me, but I can wrap my head around people who were, who just read the book and put it down and it's a fun story for them. And they can imprint like they, because like the, all those lessons are there, but they're not like spelled out for you. Like you have to kind of like, you have to know what you're reading and, and they're vague enough that Umbridge is a bad guy. And so they can make that bad guy to some people. I don't agree with this. What, what I'm about to say whatsoever. I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't agree with this statement. So don't quote me on it. Some people would see like Hillary as the Umbridge versus Trump as the Umbridge. You know what totally. I mean? Okay. It's still the Umbridge. And so like, I can get it. I don't agree with it. And I think they need to like spend some critical time, critical thinking and look where they're coming from. But I can see, I can see how someone can arrive to that point. I don't think it's a good point, though. Totally. It's, 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 yeah, it's misogyny. (laughs) Is that what it is? It is what it is. God, guys, I spend so much of my time fighting this stuff. And I see myself, my employees, my friends, like, like, I run a company that is 85% female. And you, I just, you know, we're, 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 we're fine. We're, we're, you get accustomed to it and you're, you, you function. But I, I show sometimes the emails that I endure to my boyfriend who is just like, I don't, I don't under, he's like, I'm like a mid-level whatever. And I've never gotten an email with people saying the things that you get. And I said, I know this is what it is. This is what it is. And when, yeah, the election is really, really upsetting for um, a lot of people. Um, for most, I would argue the 60 3 million, the, the 65 million, the plurality of people in this country who did not want this result. But um, it's really something for women, you know? Do you think that if Stephen King were putting off the same kind of tweets that his fandom would be having the same kind of conversation, that there'd be the nope. same kind of reaction? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, is there a male author that does that does it like this? I don't know. I don't really read it. Read Twitter. Hmm. But somebody I mean, out there may know. You don't have to read Twitter to see how big of a deal J.K. Rowling tweeting is. No, all you got to do is open Facebook. <laughs> open Facebook every, and every website pieces, is trying to cash opinions. in. Yeah. Is it good? Is it bad? Like I don't know. Is she a person? <laughs> is she tweeting on her Twitter account? <laughs> I, I don't know. Person? Let's have a let's have an investigative piece on that. Stephen King did tweet something the other day. He tweeted like a short story, a little joke, something about Obama's is still in the White House and he's in the closet with scissors and. And it wasn't, it wasn't divisive, but it was funny and people loved it, celebrated it. I'm formulating it. a new theory, Zach, based on what you're talking about right now. I'm formulating a new theory why people are always just so outrageously delighted when Jake Rowling does this. I think part of it is that they just can't believe this feisty woman. <laughs> it's <laughs> the most successful like, author. <laughs> look at her go. No, they can't believe it. Look at her go. Yeah, lady, you, you tell them. Look at her go. And it's like. If a man was doing it, I totally think it'd be like, oh, there's Stephen King saying his thing again. I think it's no, it's, 
it's not a controversial statement to say women are treated way differently online when they put out content or yeah. their social media than men. I mean, that's the most obvious statement of, of the century here. And I think that, you know, uh, Joe being in a, her, you know, she's a very famous, wealthy uh, author, celebrity, whatever you want, want to call it. She might not have the same fear that other people would have without those things to to make their opinions known online. So I would imagine when she does do that, you're going to have some people who get really excited to be like, wow, that's so great. She's saying everything I would love to say. And then the people that don't agree with what she's saying say all sorts of, you know, things about how pissed they are and how she shouldn't say anything. And, you know, because they recognize the power behind having somebody in her, you know, stature, you know, saying those things and how many people she can reach. But I think the point behind a lot of our conversation was to try to use all of this, everything that we know about her politics and the fact that she chose to write, you know, this whole new saga about Fantastic Beasts in this time period, and particularly in America, as, uh, you know, Tom called and when he mentioned in his in his voicemail was how, you know, this was leading right up to uh, World War Two. Was that this episode, his question? Yes, I'm just, that was a, <laughs> about 30 minutes ago. Okay. Yeah, seriously. Okay, got it. Thanks again for that question, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a topic that's worth more than one episode, and I'd love to have I more agree. people call in and write in. Um, because, you know, like like we're saying here, the, the point is, and there might be some people that are pissed that we're even talking about this at all, which well, you sure. know, goes, goes back to the whole thing about why. Why are they upset? Because, you know, I think it's healthy to talk about these things. And yeah, that might not be what you download a Harry Potter podcast for. But, uh, you know, it's not like we're putting making the whole show about this forever. Um, but I think no, it's but worth it's talking interesting. about it's, a little bit. It's timely. We're in an age now where celebrity voice has literally been elected to the the, the highest yeah. office yeah. in the land. And so, you know, it's not irrelevant. Do you know that like I think Oprah made some sort of statement that she she used to think that she could never ever think about being president because she could never do that. And now that he's been elected, she's like, hmm. Right, for real. For real. And you know, you know, Zach brought up Order of the Phoenix. And I think that, like, that's uh, there's a lot in Order of the Phoenix, a lot, a lot of good quotes about, uh, you know, all of, you know, the greatest witches and wizards, you know, used to be basically right where we are right here. And if they can't, if they can do it, why can't us? And this whole idea behind, uh, you know, you have to, you know, it's it's okay and it's healthy to be paying attention and to have a have an opinion and to and to to voice your opinion and not to just constantly be looking around uh, around you to wait for somebody else to speak up because uh, you know if if everybody does that then you know what the hell stand up and be honest or you know not even not even be honest and oh yeah be honest but you you know just not be afraid to just have the conversation because you're afraid that you're going to say the wrong thing or that you. You know you're gonna be shot down for it like the i think um the more p we talk about these issues and the more educated we get on these issues and the less likely we are to be taken advantage of by you know a, a any kind of strong man or any kind of uh you know snake oil salesman pushing uh lies <laughs> as campaign policy i think this conversation is important though because she's writing 
a book series right now where it's based in the modern world and she weaves her thoughts and opinions within the structure of her story. She's done it since the first one. And she's also, like you said, John, she's got more Fantastic Beast films to write that are that are working inside of an era that's politically charged. And yeah. you, you can bet that as as an as an artist, her her art will be a reflection of her experience and of her life. And so this all matters. Yeah. And I guess the big question is how much uh will she let the politics of today and the the potential to kind of tie the themes of all of this into how the plot of this saga plays out. And will it be heavy-handed? Probably not, because it's Joe, and she she won't let it be corny or too obnoxious. But uh, will it? Uh, w- will she take the opportunities as they come up uh, in writing about this time period to try to push the political point of view that uh, she has? Is know. it enough to predict what happens <laughs> in mean, the whole we'll rest of the saga? What'd you say, Frankie? I'm gonna say I would definitely in the core moment to strike one. I can see it being a little bit more heavy handed or just less transparent. Yeah. But in the other ones, like um part of me, like I would love to see some commentary on it, but it is, you know, a period piece. Do you think that think she she'll will. make uh what's her nuts his name? Godric not Godric. What's uh what's a Crystal name? Yeah. Do you think that uh, like they'll do anything where like he actually, with all of his charisma, manages to convince a sizable part of the population to agree with his views about? Yeah, the, yeah, but I don't think that'll do. be because of Trump, not at all. Yeah, I no. think that's just part of the story to begin with. I think these politics are always baked into the stories she tells about humanity anyway, because they are the larger politics of humanity, of humanity. right? Yeah. Why why do people listen to other people? Why what makes one group of people turn against another people? What makes the forces of hate and acceptance fight? Like th- like these are her this is the arena she plays in. And I think we're gonna be sort of like seeing uh seeing Trump everywhere if we look for it because mm-hmm. That's what we're all living right now, and it's all striking way too close to home. You don't think, though, that like she'll see the opportunity that she has in being, you know, having the helm of something hugely popular that can reach so many people, and like that she won't write any differently now than she might have wrote if Hillary won. No, She's because not like it, that. this is always the way she would. This is always what she was going to write. When does she? Is have, it even I mean, possible, my God, the Harry Potter though? series alone. She, you can't not be influenced by what's happening right now in no, the sure. world. You could not possibly not. write the same book today. She would be writing a probably very different book, different of course, saga. But that's different. If but this that's didn't different. happen. It's one thing to be influenced by world events and to have your mind, that mulch in the back of your head, like she calls it, be influenced by what's going on in your world. And it's another thing to sit down and say, I'm going to use this book to push my agenda. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, a, it's a different I'm not thing. coming right out and accusing her of doing so, but I'm But you said, like, this is an opportunity. You won't, like, she won't see it as an opportunity. I think she's going to write the story she's going to write that aligns with her values. Yeah, and I think, I think what's happening today in politics is hitting such a nerve is because this is human nature what like history to sound cliche history repeats itself and like this has happened in the past or at least something similar to this has happened in the past like when someone gets into power that i i am saying shouldn't be there like like it's just it's scary yeah and it's like 
I would argue that she couldn't help but write about it because it's just, and I don't want to even give Trump the credit because it's not like he's anything new under the sun. He's just another turd that needs to get off the throne. You know, it's just like, it's nothing new. And so like, of course it's going to be, it's going to be like, Melissa said, like we're going to see Trump all over it because that's, that's the, that's what we're seeing right now in front of us. And so I think that's the beauty of it too, because then it doesn't become dated. That's why in 50 years, when kids read Harry Potter, they're still going to relate to just corruption of power and like controlling the masses, controlling the media, like, and how dangerous that is just through book five. Even if if, if you just read book five, so many lessons are in that book and it doesn't have to be hinged on an era and a person it's hinged on like the ethics and the and the morality behind it but i guess the 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 more important question or not more important but the the better version of my question here is why would it be inappropriate for her to do so if there is some part of of the, the script that maybe could have been more ambiguous maybe some character point or something that's going on that in her mind originally would could be a little bit more thought provokingly ambiguous about you know some characters why they're doing something that they're doing and and having that be hitting pretty close to home to something that's happening today you know like i feel like if she had the opportunity to be more uh to be less ambiguous or to maybe spend a little bit more time or a few more scenes on something that could you know upon more reflection of the audience uh help them come to an understanding on an issue that she thinks is important you know lots of people lots of artists use their art to um you know express them themselves and what they think about uh the world around them so why would it be inappropriate for her to do so i never said it was inappropriate i was just saying that like i don't know if it's if it's as effective for an author who's writing a story that's gonna that's gonna not like pop into culture like a song or something it's gonna like stay like it's gonna stay on her shelf like i don't think she it's it's not a if it's appropriate or not it's just like i don't think it's maybe effect is the wrong word too. I don't think it's necessary. It's like, I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it yeah, needs but to, I don't know. Aren't we going right back words. to that whole idea of throwing the widest net though? Like the idea that she needs to have the biggest audience possible. Well, and, that's different. You know, no, writing that is a different. novel is different yeah. than like, like that's it'd be different. different if Harry broke the fourth wall and was like, and Trump's evil. You know, like that's just yeah. bad writing. What I'm saying yeah. is that if, it, if we get, come to the point where we've seen these movies, they're all done and there's anything in them that is attracting criticism from people saying she got too political, she made it too much about what's happening like would we not like we would have to have some side in that whole thing like could you really see us being of the camp of people that say yeah she had no business making more of an effort to talk about this particular issue she should have stayed out of it any argument like that assumes knowing what she chose and unless she makes that public it's all faithless argument you can't those arguments are will never have any basis in fact I think it's fair for us to criticize the work. Like, like, sure, oh, yeah. you know, I didn't like this. I, this one didn't resonate with me as well based on like a writing standpoint. And like, and maybe you can argue that's a result of her maybe doing that or a result of her not maybe doing that. But that's again, boils down yeah. to like each individual's t- 
taste in saying she chose to do XYZ assumes you know something about her choices. And unless she tells you that your assumption is correct, you are making a a baseless argument. You're allowed to have whatever opinion you want. Of course, everybody is. I was answering your question as to I was mind reasonably like, I don't see her doing that because XYZ. That's all I was saying. But now you're asking if let's assume it like hypothetically she does. She is going to look at the political climate today and put that in the story somehow how will that manifest is that what you're asking yeah because i'll tell you right now i i will put all of my john noe pottercast freaking knights of hogwarts and a dozen other things on the line and tell you that her politics does not begin and end on twitter and that people will accuse her of being political with these movies and when they do if they do, but more more likely when they do, what will our conversation be, and what do we, what could we imagine some of those, um, well, you know, we've already seen a- it. accusations. We've already seen it with the books. It's for this no, movie, for Fantastic Beasts, about Dumbledore and his liter- sexuality. No, Harry Potter. It's literally no different than them saying than her saying this is her liberal politics getting into her books there's not this is just history repeating itself she told the story she wants to tell it her the story that she wants to tell will encapsulate the person she is the politics she believes in the beliefs she has this will all be of a piece you can't separate it out and people are even though people are going to try i have a question for the fans because this is because my answer to your question would be relatively canned in the sense of like oh Look at book five, because I think book five is super heavy in politics and it bleeds in into yeah. six as well and seven, obviously, um, especially with Scrimgeour. Um, but maybe I want to ask, I'll ask the listeners, how do you think it would differ from Order of the Phoenix in that regard? Like, do you think there's anything that'll be, that it would be a, a sharp difference between like an right. umbrage type character what umbrage did yeah or any of the books where do you think what's coming is going to change her politics in or the other just books different or represented differently than it was in the harry potter series we do hope that you will uh chime in with some voicemails with some tweets with some emails whatever you can we'll read them on the show and we'll play them on the show and uh support yeah, our Patreon. i think this was fun it was fun hogwash all right well then you guys know what to do dials and stuff Goodbye. Thank you. Later, gang. Missed it. Bobby, you confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) 